Welcome to Stride, Organizing with Purpose, a podcast from Blue Feature. My name is Morgan Starr, and I'm the co-executive director at Blue Feature. Blue Feature envisions a world where no matter our color or origin, our income or zip code, desire and determination are the only things getting in the way of young people's ability to push for a transformative and progressive agenda. We are on a mission to inspire, mobilize, and invest in young people across race and place to organize for a brighter tomorrow. The determined and passionate voices of young people deserve to be heard. This podcast called Stride, Organizing with Purpose, is giving young people a platform to spread their ideas and share their work. This is an opportunity for youth leaders to practice your public speaking and messaging, to build confidence in our ability to talk to press and the media, and to share our collective vision of the brightest future. Thank you, everyone, for joining the Stride podcast with Blue Future. Today, we have a special guest, Rena Welch. Rena, thank you so much for joining us. Rena was one of our former Blue Future organizers and our social media manager. So, Rena, welcome to the podcast. I'd love for you to tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. Thank you so much for having me. This is my first time on a podcast ever, so pretty cool. Yeah, so my name's Rena. My pronouns are she, they, either one. Uh, I grew up in the Bay Area, California, and moved to Cleveland, Ohio at 16. And yeah, that's that's a little bit about me. Going to find out more. Awesome. Thanks, Rena. And hi, yes, this is Maria, also Deputy Director here with Blue Future. And Rena, you know, again, thank you so much for joining us. I would really love to know a little bit more about, you know, like how you first got into politics. Yeah, definitely. So I feel like my life has always been shaped by politics, just like a lot of people's lives have, for better or worse. My family was mostly lefties that discussed politics. But on a personal note, at a young age, I lost people to suicide. And where I grew up continues to spend more money on police rather than mental health and housing support. So, you know, having that experience, I feel like I've taken that with me as I've gotten into politics. Also having cancer at a young age, that pushed me just like way, way more left. I had cancer at 19. And I changed my major three times going to college at Ohio University, shout out, but eventually settled on political science because I had just this amazing political theory professor that I was just taking that credit just, you know, for one of the majors I was on at the time and was able to finally connect my life and learned experiences to really be wanting to be a part of the process and wanting to, and actually feeling like I could make change. And now I'm, I know that that's what I'm meant for. And I'm excited to get more people in politics like me. That's great to hear. I'm so happy that you were able to connect those learned and lived experiences together. And I think that's something a lot of young people are looking to do as well. So I'd love for you to talk a little bit more about that. How did you first do that, especially upon graduating college? What was it like looking for a job in the political space? Yeah, so one thing that definitely helped me was I took a year off right after I changed my major to political science, which is kind of funny. But I worked for City Year, which is an AmeriCorps program that helps. They give you some tuition money after you complete a year of service with them. And I did that in Los Angeles. And I lived with my family who who still lives out there. And they were the first people that actually helped me with creating a resume, which is something Blue Future does now, which is amazing because I had no idea what I was doing. 
And, you know, I was also able to connect with young people in high school and teach them how to advocate for themselves and connect that with, you know, just self-advocacy in life and politics. So I think that came when I came back to my senior year at OU, that really solidified what I wanted to do, which was in politics. So I did lots of unpaid internships my last year, which was very hard. But I did did learn a lot about Ohio politics, which needs some extra love right now. Uh, (laughs) But so I had done a lot of volunteering on campaigns and with nonprofits. But after I graduated, I moved out to Georgia. And that was the year that the infamous Georgia governor race was happening. So I worked with the Democratic Party of Georgia that that race with Stacey Abrams and Brian Kemp, which as some people know, you know, voter suppression played a huge role in that election and tons of elections. But that was, it really energized me being part of that election. Fortunately, we lost. However, I also worked with the state senator re-election campaign for Jen Jordan, and we won that. So that was good. After that, they did not continue the jobs because we had lost the campaign, which is common with campaigns. And I was I was freaking out. I was like, I'm never going to get a job in politics ever. So part of my advice to young people is chill out, like it'll be okay. What I did was I kept busy, which I think really helped me. I just signed up to volunteer and I just worked Instacart. So I volunteered with lobbying for Citizens Climate Lobby, Georgia Equality, a lot of great organizations. That was all unpaid work. And then I just randomly found Blue Future and I worked with them for two years. And because of the connections I made there, I was able to find a permanent position with another great organization. So definitely things were not always seeming promising, but it it worked out and yeah, definitely kept busy and got to be involved with a lot of great organizations and campaigns along the way. Absolutely. And it's so important, I think, that you made that note, right, that it is hard for younger people to find jobs or, or to get into that really political field. And so with that, you talked a little bit about your how you got to that point, but um, what is it that you do now and, and where do you work? Yeah, so besides being a dog mom and an auntie for three kids, which is why I moved back to Ohio, where I'm currently at. I'm the digital organizer with Americans for Tax Fairness. So we are focused on making a better tax code where the rich and corporations pay their fair share. And what I really love about it is that the organization is dedicated to making sure those funds go to programs and investments that will help communities, which I really believe in. So I was really glad to be able to make, make that happen. And thankfully, I was able to get that job this this year, March of this year. That's so exciting, Reno. We're so happy to see all that you've done since since your time at Blue Future. And you just continue to do cooler and cooler things and, and making such a bigger a bigger difference in the lives of so many people. And so with your job with Americans for Tax Fairness, can you talk a little bit about how digital organizing is valuable? And, and what does that look like? in this COVID pandemic? And and how can other young people kind of get interested into that field? Yeah, definitely. I think something really cool about digital organizing is that it's largely something that was not even around 10 years ago to the level that it is now. But you know, as someone who was immunocompromised during the pandemic, it was something that I was so thankful to be able to do. And have really seen how important it is. What we're doing 
right now is working on Biden's new budget plan, proposes fair taxes on the rich and corporations to fund vital investments in education, paid leave, climate action, lots of lots of good stuff that we all care about. And largely what I do is really making content and pushing the narrative of why our tax code is unfair, which a lot of people, including me, don't know about, well, before I started working here, don't don't know about and also don't understand and are super intimidated by taxes in general. So it's really exciting to be a part of changing the narrative to talk about taxes, to talk about money, and how that revenue can be raised to fund all these investments that we care about, and really just deleting the quote unquote, we can't pay for it, just out of politics forever. Because <laughs> when you look at how much like billionaires have made 1.8 trillion more just in the pandemic alone, when many of us were suffering, when you look at how much money they have, you see that that's not an argument that anyone can make. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And, and so, you know, with that a little bit, you know, you're you're a young person who's understanding and learning a lot more about the tax code, like you mentioned, just kind of digging into this. What would you say is a reason for young people to get involved and to learn more about the tax code? Like, what would you maybe like two or three points that you'd want to encourage for someone to kind of get involved into this area? Definitely. So we have a lot of fact sheets on our social media and website, which I am going to plug at for tax fairness with the number four and go and Americans for tax One book that I would recommend is the whiteness of wealth by Dorothy Brown. Yeah. So one book I would recommend is the whiteness of wealth and just learning about how our tax code really does favor the rich in corporations rather than average working people and especially communities of color. When you make those connections, as well as understanding that what these communities need who have been marginalized for so long is these historic investments and especially in education and healthcare and childcare and the kind of programs that will help them have more opportunity. I think that can really get anyone on board. I think that that's something in the the left that we need to be more on board with because it generates just insane revenue that we can use to fund these programs. You're listening to the Stride Podcast from Blue Future. We'll be right back. Did you know that November is Native American Heritage Month? The time is always ripe to honor the rich history and traditions of indigenous peoples, and especially this month. Today, vast inequalities and barriers exist for indigenous peoples. Native Americans are also underrepresented in government offices. Native Americans face challenges due to racism, discrimination, a lack of research on their culture, a lack of infrastructure to support their communities, barriers to voting, financial constraints, implicit bias, and many more barriers. To support increasing Native American representation in office and learn how you can support a beneficial cause this Native American Heritage Month, check out our friends at Advanced Native Political Leadership. Their website is advancednativepl.org. That is advancednativepl.org. Take some time this month to appreciate Native Americans' rich culture and important history, and also to take action to support these communities and their increased representation in political office. 
Alrighty, well, we are back with the Stride Podcast. Again, today our guest is Rena Welch. Rena, thank you so much for joining us. We've been having a riveting conversation about tax fairness and all of the incredible organizing work that Rena is doing. So I know beyond your job, you always go above and beyond and are organizing for more. What are some of these issues that you are passionate about and really want listeners to know about? Yeah, well, currently I'm the most passionate about this budget plan because we can make investments in so many different areas that I really care about. One of the things is free community college. That's something that I really, struggling to pay for college just messed up so much of my experience, which like I was privileged enough to go, but I was working the whole time and my grades suffered, my social life suffered, my mental health suffered. Just think about what a better world we can build and how that fair tax code will is like a policy goal in itself. So the fact that we can use that to also fund investments and all these great things, that's my main priority right now with work. But of course, I'm nervous about abortion access. And I'm in Ohio. So we have a Senate election and a governor election next year. So gonna go to vote pro-choice and make sure everyone's on the on the same line definitely care a lot about the climate that was something that I originally got involved with in politics as a young kid I watched what was that movie uh unconceivable truth yeah and I was just horrified I was just like horrified and was like oh my god why aren't we doing something and now I feel like we're finally getting on getting to a point where more people, less people are denying that climate change exists, but we still got a lot of work to do in pretty much every single issue area. And I'm excited to be a part of it. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for sharing all that. Just touching on a a few different things that you've mentioned, all these different topics that you've mentioned before, you've actually come before on Blue Future and trained us on abolition. And I think that's something that's also super important that we can talk a little bit about here. First, I'm sure for, I mean, for some people who may not know, what is abolition and how does someone get involved into that or or start to learn more? Yeah, I've loved doing trainings with Blue Future about abolition. The book I recommend on that is We Do This Till We Free Us by Mariam Kaba. I even got like the poster uh, for the book cover. That's how much of a stan I am. So that was something that I definitely push everyone to push themselves to learn more about these issues, about what people who have been most affected are pushing for and why that is. That's something that I was able to do in the past two years. I was definitely always for defunding the police just because, as I mentioned, I never felt safe around police. I always felt scared. And I actually had a, like, I was stopped and searched on the street once and they told me in the youth court that they actually had no like legal reason to search me and I was like okay cool (laughs) but you know that was something that like I was like I'm not gonna say no because they scare me you know um and I was only 15 obviously there's so many lives that have been negatively impacted by this violence that we spend so much money on and abolition is the process of getting rid of police and prisons, just knowing that we all deserve better than this current reality that we live in. It also connects, the book does a great job at connecting 
when we talk about abolition, we're also talking about ICE, we're talking about the military, we're talking about different systems of violence that we're spending so much money on that are hurting lives and not actually making our communities safer or better in any way. So definitely, it's a little a little snippet, but I definitely recommend people uh, reading more about it. And defundthepolice.com is also by Miriam Kaba, and you know they just have great resources and definitely pushing yourself to learn more about issues is how we make change and help other people get there too. Absolutely. I, I'm reading uh, We Do This to Lay Free Us right now by Miriam Kaba, so I totally recommend to all of our listeners. I would also recommend on that topic Are Prisons Obsolete by Angela Davis, and again, talks a little bit more about prisons and answered a lot of my questions because I think what, I think what you said is exactly right. It is something where we really have to push ourselves and challenge ourselves to get to that place of thinking because it is not what we're used to thinking about. And something that has kind of become a staple on the Blue Future Stride podcast is really asking folks a lot of what we just talked about. What would it mean to you to be truly free? Or what would that society look like to you? Well, I could talk about this all day with y'all. But a little a little thing that I think about is just all of us being able to pursue our lives outside of capitalism and all these systems of oppression and violence and where we can be safe without restrictions on our bodies or our lives or our communities. When I was one of the many, many people that when I was going through cancer, I set up a GoFundMe, which no one should have to do for having a health reason that anyone could get. Part of the reason why I'm here is because I had insurance. So definitely we have the resources and we have the ability to imagine and create a better world. And to quote Miriam Kaba again, she says that hope is a discipline, which is something that like as someone with depression, I definitely and working in politics, you got to take care of yourself or else you will have burnout. I definitely feel hopeless sometimes and I'm just like oh my gosh everything is terrible (laughs) but trying to refocus and see there all are all these people that are organizing for a better world and that's my freedom is being being in that world but until we're there just doing our best and taking care of ourselves has to be has to be number one until then and after then Absolutely. Well, thank you so much. What a beautiful note. And just before we go here, is there anything else you want our listeners to know? Yes. So my my plug, my further, my other plug is a call to action. So the new budget plan, which you can read more about on americansfortaxfairness.org, or you can just email me, or I'm sure y'all will include my info. But we're seeing a lot of pushback by lobbyists and The GOP just being the worst. But yeah, we're seeing a lot of pushback on this plan that could improve lives and our tax code. So definitely want to encourage everyone to call their representatives at 1-888-516-5820. And that's like Americans for Tax Fairness's own line. So it has a little bit of a script to help you out uh, and then connect you to your representative. And yeah, thanks so much, Morgan and Maria.
I miss y'all. Thank you, Rena. It's, it was such a pleasure to chat with you today. And thank you for all of the work you are doing. Again, everyone, this is the Stride Podcast with Blue Future. And we will see you next week. Thank you. Music for today's podcast was created by my good friend, Eli Silverman Lloyd. Thank you so much for listening today. This is the Stride Podcast with Blue Future. If you're a young person looking to get involved in politics and organizing, you've come to the right place. Check out our website at, at ourbluefuture.us or our social media at Blue Future Now on all platforms to find out how you can make a change in your communities today. Special thanks to our producer, Alexia Klein. You can reach out to her with any questions at alexia at ourbluefuture.us. We'll see you next time.